Hello and welcome everybody to the Beacon of Light podcast this evening in our Unite in Light Domestic Violence Conference. We have gone through many great information for over these past, oh my goodness, it's been almost five shows. This is the sixth show this evening. We are here at October 20th. So you can see we only have two after this left and the month Will be swallowed up. We have a beautiful guest here tonight, Miss Estelle, Miss Estelle Gibson. And before I come really introducing a lot for her, we want to show you some things about the last part of this great um, whole event for the month, the Unite in Light Domestic Violence Conference. Why do we put it on so many different nights? Because we know that life is busy and you might only be able to jump into a few. And we are so glad that you are here popping in tonight. So when you're here, put your comments down. Ask Estelle these questions. She is here to really show some great information. As you can see running on the ticker underneath, her name, the website, and she is an amazing author. She has this journal called Rewrite Your Money Story, and she's going to probably be showing off, ta-da! She's getting her new book, poor by choice yep. and this will be coming out next year is that right first quarter of 23 there you go first quarter of 23 check her out so if you guys have any questions about how to become a supporter please go to this lovely website click on it and it will give you great information to know how to become a supporter for someone who might still be in domestic violence as always we want to make sure that you know the hotline if you are in trouble, if you know somebody who is, this is that hotline that you can reach out 24-7 and get the support and help that you need. Tonight's topic is called the invisible weapon. So this is going to be a lot of great information. We're going to drill down into some awesome things here. Estelle is going to be just on fire. If you saw the blog, you saw her TED talk. I mean, this is, she's no mess. No mess. <laughs> Hello, everyone. So welcome again to the Unite in Light Domestic Violence Conference. And I think we've covered everything that we need to this evening. So we are going to now jump it over to Miss Estelle. Take it away. All right. Thank you so much. Glad to be here and so grateful that you're doing this um, kind of conference and bringing awareness to this, um, you know, very hidden invisible issue for a lot of people. And I want to just quickly talk about why this is called the invisible weapon. And that was um, a phrase that was coined by the previously the Purple Purse, but the Allstate Foundation, who does financial empowerment for um, people in domestic violence, they coined it the invisible weapon. And I'm going to read it because I want to get it just right. So physical abuse leaves bruises and scars financial abuse doesn't. It leaves inner bruises and scars. You know, and financial abuse is one of the things that you can't see. And I've listened to several of the presentations and conversations this week. And that's one of the things that they talked about, almost everyone talked about in domestic violence, is that sometimes it isn't the things that you can see. It is the emotional abuse. It is the financial abuse. It is some of those things that are beyond the physical. So I think it's, you know, uh, a very important topic. And it's one of the reasons why people don't talk about it is because it is not well known and it is not that visible. 
So we're going to talk a little bit tonight about recognizing the signs of uh, financial dependency and financial abuse and tell you a little bit about the difference between the two. And then um, getting access to resources and support and ways to start seeing the signs of um, financial abuse and then creating a plan to break free whether you are in crisis or stepping out of crisis and starting over. That's kind of the two groups that I have found people are in there, either in crisis or they have left the situation and they are now what I call starting over and uh, coming out of the crisis situation. So um, let's just define what financial dependency is. Financial dependency is when you're dependent on a person, a job or situation for money. Now, two distinctions. One is financially dependent by choice, and the other is financially dependent by circumstance. And in my situation, I happened to be both. I grew up in a family where my father managed all the money, and it was also a family of domestic abuse. And so um, I grew up in that situation. Now, luckily for me, my father pulled me aside and started uh, teaching me things about money from, from the time I was eight years old. So I learned from that very young age, really the power and control that money has. And financial abuse is a control issue. It is, you know, people taking control over you because you don't have access to funds. So um, by, cir by um, circumstance, did I say that wrong before? I um, Growing up was by circumstance, not by choice. So it was my circumstance of my family and financial abuse is a situation of being dependent by circumstance. You're in the circumstance, you're in that situation and it isn't something that you're actively choosing. So um, financial dependency by choice is when you hand over your financial power. Now I did that in my marriage. I was working as an accountant and my husband at the time was very good at managing our money. And I happily handed it over to him because I was tired of dealing with it all day long with clients and customers. But the mistake that I made was that I didn't stay involved or informed. And so he managed the money. And when he came home and wanted a divorce, I had not paid enough attention and when we got divorced, I was left with a house I couldn't afford and, a, um, you know, bills I couldn't pay. And, you know, you might ask, well, how does that happen to you? You know, you're a financial professional. I was five years, six years into my career at least. Um, and how that happens is I reverted back to what I learned growing up, that one person manages all the money. And so I reverted back to that situation and in effect was in a circumstance even though it was a choice, I reverted back to the circumstance, you know, from growing up. So some of the other um, definitions of circumstance, you can be in a circumstance if you're in a job and you can't leave your job because of your financial situation, that's by circumstance. If you have an illness, if you have an elderly parent that you have to take care of. So those are financial dependency by circumstances. So circumstance and choice. And then financial abuse is specifically when someone has control over you because you don't have access to money, cash, or a way to earn it. So, you know, this happens in domestic violence um, 
situations because the person wants to control you. And um, they control you by controlling the money. So let's just talk about um, some statistics. So we all know that approximately one in four um, women, especially, will experience domestic violence. And out of those one in four, 99% are experiencing financial abuse and staying in the relationship because of financial abuse, because they don't have a way out, because they're um, subjected to um, not having access to get cash to um, leave the home. Sometimes they can't even get a job because their spouse or partner will sabotage their efforts to get a job and to hold a job. So I wanted to talk about um, some signs that you can look for. And I know many of the people that talked in the last couple of weeks uh, talked about, you know, watch for signs and what are the signs that you can look for for domestic violence. And there are signs for financial abuse. So I just want to go, I have several on here and there's a handout. If you signed up for um, the Eventbrite ticket, you will get this free downloadable handout. So I just want to go through a few of them and then you'll see more on the handout. So controlling how your money is spent. So that can be that they restrict your access to money, bank accounts, debit cards, credit cards, cash, and they require you to bring back receipts. They give you a certain amount of money to spend, whether it's on groceries or um, just personal items, whatever that is, that they're controlling the actual cash coming in and out. It can be that they keep you out of discussions about money that they're having money discussions with other people, other family members, with bankers, with financial professionals, and leaving you out of the conversation. That's a very direct uh, way of, of you know, exhibiting financial abuse. Um, stop you from earning money or having a job or sabotaging your employment efforts. I've talked to many women that this has happened to them where they had childcare set up with their partner or spouse and they would bring the kids to work or have emergencies and say, you have to come home to take care of the kids and sabotage uh, their efforts at work because they didn't want them to earn money so that they would uh, stabilize themselves and leave. Let's see. That's something really, really important to, to discuss with that because I see with coworkers um, in other places of work that, I, that I've been in is that, and it's always like the last minute, right? Everyone's out the door or they've just arrived and then the phone call comes in yeah. and the, the boss, the employer is looking at things like, you know, this becomes for their workplace, not stable. They can't depend on them. They can't rely right. on them. And then soon the um you know after a few warnings and this is completely outside of the control and it's not like you want to go into your boss and say well i have this controlling abusive spouse and so i might pop in i might not no no we always want to keep all that Mm, over there we got to work we got a job to do we want to be professional we want to keep things just like everything's fine it's great it's great i love it super when it's not, and it happens so often. We have actually, I have a statistic, statistic mm-hmm. ten billion dollars lost wow. every year in business due to domestic violence. 
part of that is from medical costs from insurance because of physical challenges. But the bulk of it is absenteeism, $10 billion a year just for this, where they can link back to domestic violence. So it's big. Right. Another thing that you just brought to mind for me, April, was, um, you know, a lot of times we don't tell other people, we don't tell our employers because it is normalized for us because our family members will say, hey, you've got a good man, you know, you need to stick with your marriage, you know, oh, you need to take care of the kids anyway. So there's lots of conversations in our environment that keep us feeling like if we do say something, we're not normal, right? Right, right, yep. absolutely, yep. That's, the, you know, that's another big piece of it and why this keeps being perpetuated and why people can't break free is because they're stuck not only in their situation financially, but, and emotionally, but, you know, in their community, relationally, there's relational things that hold them in, you know, these situations. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, another one, um, and I think this is something that um, the Allstate Foundation used to do a program for women and girls in college, because they started to find out that one of the prevalent ways that women were becoming um, financially dependent was in college with their boyfriends, that they were starting to uh, use their credit cards, purchase items, pay for all kinds of things for their partner or boyfriend. So um, one of the things is if somebody is asking you to bail them out financially, like it's an emergency, it's just this one time, and then it continues and you become, um, they become, you know, dependent on you supporting them. That's one thing that you know, when we look at financial abuse, we always think it's the person that doesn't have money. But on the other side, it can be somebody that's taking advantage of you and expecting you to take care of them. They start the relationship out and, it, and, and all these things are subtle. And like um, I heard on several of the other you know presenters, these things start in very small ways. Yes. Tiny little things that not that noticeable, but you might have a weird feeling about it. You know, that so all these things start cropping up, you know, they have an emergency and can you just help me out? And uh, and then it becomes um, they start the relationship out and they have a you know decent paying job and things are fine. And then they quit their job and then you're you're footing the bill for everything. So, you know, that's another scenario where um, people are caught in that situation where they're taking care of somebody or or that person's financially dependent on them and it's their choice and they're actually forcing that issue. So I wanted to bring that up. Um, making financial decisions without your input, uh, criticizing your decisions. On the other side of wanting you to pay their bills, if somebody comes in and offers to manage the money or pay the bills, you know, helping out can be a sign of control because they are trying to get control of the accounts and change passwords and, um, you know, basically manipulate what's going on and control your actions and what you're doing. So that's another one. 
um, dictating how you much money you spend, um, putting large items and purchases in their name only. That's a huge, huge red flag. If things are being purchased and they're being put in one person's name only. Um, I was talking to my my banker when I was working on my TED talk a couple of years ago. I went in to talk to my banker and I was sharing with him when I was doing this TED talk. And he said, oh, what's it about? And when I started to describe what it was, he told me that on a daily basis, people come in specifically to open accounts, to keep them separate and secret from their spouses and partners on two sides. On one side to open up credit cards and bank accounts so that their spouse and partner doesn't know what they're spending. And on the other side to start to build, and we're gonna talk about this in a safety plan, starting to build a savings account, a credit card in their own name so that they can start to become independent so that they can start to separate. So That's so, so crucial in my step where everything was always joined and I did do the back door, started to save, tuck things away yes. because I knew that things would just be gone again. And so I had to hide it. And it, it was an interesting kind of part of the story that I share in the pinpoints because that idea, I had to kind of blend it into his psychosis story about why I was even working in the first place. Like I had to, I created this story that I was kind of this spy and I was, uh, it just fed into everything that his paranoia was a part of. And so I, it was the hardest thing that I had to kind of twist and maneuver into that mm -hmm. so that I had the safety to keep going to work. And then the money I kept saying, oh, they're keeping it at the school because I'm, they'll, they'll pay me later. They'll pay me in December. Like, and I just kept, you know, and I guess the story was good enough that he wasn't, uh, he didn't know where to start looking, but I was always that fear. Like, oh, I got to get this. Uh, one of our Facebook users says, yes, I got a security box. That's great. Great idea. I love that. Absolutely. Security box, a different bank. Um, yeah, absolutely. And we're going to talk about that in just a second. Some of the things that you want to secure um, um, and make sure of. See, the box was 20 for a year. I stashed cash in it in one metal box. It feels like it's still the most important thing I have. Absolutely. Absolutely. And these are the small steps. You know, people think and I know it's really hard when you're in a situation, especially that's emotional and you're in crisis. But, you know, one of the things you can do is even a small step of getting the box, right? And a small step of, and see, she got two keys. I gave one to my best friend and hid one. Absolutely. These are small steps that empower you and will give you confidence that you can, you know, continue to move forward. It takes these small steps. It's not going to be just a big, you know, people don't leave. And, and you can probably attest to this, um, April, that people don't leave just boom out the gate. It's a series, you know, of small steps and it's a process. Correct. Correct. Absolutely. And in those processes, things that you need definitely is that network, the support. You mentioned a friend held the key for you. And this is exactly parts of the things we're talking about in the supporters toolkit, how you can become you know, that support. Some of them are venting friends. Some of them are 
hold the key or the backpack friend. Some of them are, I'll just always pick you up when you're in trouble, no questions asked so kind of friend. And so there's so many ways to support, find your people, hold them in and use them to make your plan. Exactly. Uh, so just a couple, a couple more things um, that I wanted to point out. Um, and I heard this, I think it was last, it was last night or one of the nights I was listening to one of the one of the um, speakers and she said something that we don't think about a lot is damaging your property. And that's one of the ones that that I have listed, too, is if somebody damages your property, whether it's your car or something, you know, that you need to maybe go to work or you use in your job or your business. You know, that is that's abuse. That's financial abuse because you will either have to replace that in some way or have to, you know, deal with that. So that's another one. And, you know, one that's that's more um, more recent is stealing your identity, your money, your credit cards without permission. So using your credit cards and using your accounts and setting up new accounts in, in your uh, name, that is financial abuse. Restricting access to your documents, like your passport, your social security number, your bank accounts, passwords to accounts, that is definitely a sign of financial abuse. Uh, hiding money, if they're asking for your paycheck, you know, bring your paycheck home and, and I take it and you don't get any of it, um, that's another sign. And then refusing to get a job or earn any income is a sign of, of um, you know, just being dependent, them being dependent on you. So that's, you know, a very comprehensive list of, you know, ways that, um, or things that you can watch for and become aware of the signs. So another, um, I'm going to go over now the, these three pillars that, that April has put up, awareness, information, and support. Because people that stay in financially dependent situations, they lack these three things. And I'm going to talk about it in two categories for people in crisis and for people that are out of crisis. They've left the situation. They're starting over. So for people that are in crisis, the awareness that is needed is awareness of their situation and awareness that they're not alone and awareness that there is help. Because so many times when you're in these situations and why it's another reason it's invisible is because you're not telling anybody. You're kind of living in that, you know, fear and pain and anxiety and stress. You're just living in the situation. So um, the awareness is that this is just not okay. And I have seen all these signs and being aware of this is financial abuse and that I don't have to put up with it and there are ways out. So that is the awareness piece for people that are in crisis is to just begin to understand you know, the dynamics of the issue and to start to, you know, take steps out of that. Now, if you're starting over, you know, the awareness is overcoming trauma and grief, understanding how you got in this situation, being aware of, you know, kind of being out of it and looking back and going, how did that happen to me? And, um, and how do I feel? Because the grieving process is really important because, 
um, these are financial, what we call financial traumas. These are trauma situations. It is a form of abuse. So it is a traumatic situation. So there's trauma and grief and there's healing that needs to take place. So being aware that you have gone through, you know, uh, a trauma process and that there is a grieving process is the awareness piece for people that are starting over. Totally different than people that are in crisis. Yeah, and the awareness of, of having both hopefully can be brought about from a perspective from an outside source, right? That friend, Absolutely. that family member, that that coworker that might just say the right thing that starts the examination because we know something is off. But right. like you said, sometimes it becomes the habit or maybe they grew up like that. They left, right. they thought everything was happening well, like yourself and you know, you're the adult, you're six years into an amazing money financial career, and yet, whoa, right? Because right? reverted back to things that we grew up with, family of origin. So there are really important ways to get the awareness and ask, seek, find, figure it out. If you feel something is off, ask around, you know, to be like, am I, am I wrong? Right. And they might say, no, that's okay. Or they might be like, whoa, honey, come here, let's, let's chat. Let's just chat about this. And I think another great thing going on now, April, is um, there's a lot of online information. There's a lot of Facebook groups. There's a lot of YouTube information that people can tap into and get into a you know a Facebook group. There's lots of them. I've been in and out of them. Um, groups for narcissists, groups for people in financial abuse domestic violence, and people share, and you don't feel alone. You're like, oh my gosh, you're telling my story. So, you know, that's a really great place that you can go to now is um, social media and different online groups where you can, you know, understand that you're not alone and begin to see your way out. Yeah. Yeah. The next thing is information. So if you're in crisis, the information that's really important for you to be informed is um, information about creating basically safety and security. So having a safety plan, having, you know, um, a plan to, to get out, having a security plan. And that involves securing yourself, whether that's setting up a plan to have your housing, to have your kids, to have, you know, everything that's involved with your personal safety taken care of. It includes your belongings. If there are uh, things that are important to you, whether they're documents or valuables or family heirlooms or things that could be sold, you know, those things you want to secure those, whether it's in a safety deposit box or with a friend or with family members, but starting to think as you notice that these are, you know, you're in a situation that may not be the best for you and you want to get out of starting to think of planning to um, secure these types of items and then creating that safety plan and then securing your information, <laughs> excuse me, securing your account numbers. <coughs> drink some water. Yes, go ahead and drink some of that water. That idea of getting these things in a plan, it is our responsibility to start a plan. And if you don't know where to start, you'll just stay stuck. And sometimes the habit is just staying in that victimhood. And we 
it, it's so strange because we can see what the victimhood is happening to us. And we're like, you know, these things and we list this off and it becomes almost like the sensationalism or an identity. And when we start to say, no, no, I'm going to get out. And then as we start, we're like, oh, that was hard or this is too scary. And maybe it is just easier to say, and I'll just keep enduring it. No, when you know, and you have those little moments, start the planning. doesn't exactly. mean that the next day it happens, but if you start the planning, the more you plan and you shape your direction and your focus for it, it can happen. Exactly. And you can take those incremental steps. And then what I was saying was securing your information, securing your password, securing your accounts, securing your you know, social security card, your insurance information, all the things that you're going to need when you leave that you don't want to leave behind. So that's the information piece for people that are in crisis. Now, people that are starting over, this is information to help you get stabilized. So it's information about getting housing and getting maybe a job and childcare. Yeah, and somebody's saying running your credit port, report to see what's there. That's super important. I'll talk about that in a second. Um, getting information about, you know, legal help and counseling and therapy. And I want to talk about that credit report again. When you have a joint credit card with somebody, that credit card, um, their, your credit score is tied to theirs. So it's good to see, to run a, have a re credit report run so that you can see what is out there and you know what that credit score is because you might not even know because that can be another um, form of abuse is that somebody runs up your credit and ruins your credit score. And if you're not checking that or you don't even know that, you know, you have no idea. And when you go to start your own independent credit, then you've, you know, look and you've got a problem. So uh, the other key thing is to, if you can, to have separate credit. It's okay to have things that are combined, but it's best to have your own credit because you can establish your own credit separately. And another really um, key piece of information that's subtle is if you have your own credit card and the person is an authorized signer, your credit is tied to them. Your credit score is tied to them. So even if the credit card is in your name, but they're an authorized signer, it combines the information. So get a credit card, have it just be your own, and then you can build that credit score and that credit history. So it's really important. Agreed. I agree very much. So thank you so much for giving us that really detailed piece of it and the documents, documentation. It looks like yes. people are really like putting down great information that you're giving them. And hopefully this is helping and giving support. If you have questions about this, I mean, she's right here. Ask the questions, <laughs> drop it down. Let's get more of these things coming because the being informed helps you to start to make the better decisions as opposed to what ifing and then developing a story that's not going to go anywhere and then you remain right. stuck. So get informed, face the facts, and start. Absolutely. Yeah, and I, I want to talk a little bit about on the step of getting informed. Um, one of the things that happen, happens with people in financial abuse situations is that they are trained 
that they're not going to make it without the person, that they're stupid, that they won't be able to do it, that they won't be able to manage their money. So that is some reprogramming that has to happen. And one of the things that happens with these incremental steps is you begin to build confidence that, oh my gosh, I can start to do this. Oh my gosh, I can't, I do understand this. I can learn this. I, you know, it isn't beyond me. I'm not stupid. I'm not um, going to not be able to make it on my own. So you, it's really important as you take these steps and gather this information and become informed that you begin to break that cycle of, you know, devastating abuse of people that tell you and over and over and over that you're not going to be able to make it without me. Yeah. Right. Right. It is such a, it, it is the game Mm-hmm. And when we decide that we're going to stop playing it, that is a decision. And then we have to just, we have to do our best with that information. So now on to step three on, yes, the, support. on the giving, the getting, the support, how, mm-hmm. you know, share with us what, what you're talking about with the financial mm-hmm. challenges of this invisible weapon for that. Yes. So this is going to be the same for both people in crisis and people that are starting over. It's basically the same. There's four levels of support. There's personal support. Those are things like, oh my gosh, if I call you, pick me up. Can you help me pick up my kids? Can you watch my kids? Can you know, those kinds of things, the the things that you need on a personal level. Uh, So that's personal support, educational support, getting informed, getting, you know, informed about your finances, about your, um, custody information if you have children about lawyers so that is the education piece getting outside support and there's lots of support that's you know out there uh, that you can tap into you know the Allstate Foundation is a big one they have what's called their um, starting over and their um, moving ahead curriculum it's actually there's there's a link in the handout that I give you it is a virtual program that is free online virtual that takes you through the steps of moving ahead and uh, talks about some of the things that I talked about here about securing your information, about getting an attorney, about getting a job, resources. So it's a great, um, great tool that you can use. And it goes a step further once you are, you know, moving ahead on budgeting and financial information. So it's an online curriculum that is free. So that's an education piece that you can look, you know, look to. Um, and then professional help, whether that's therapists, attorneys, um, accountants, uh, you know, all of the financial people that you need support from um, getting access to that. And I have a list of those things on this handout. You know, there's the American Psychologist Association, where you can look for a therapist. There's a really great um, resource called Woman's Law that is for women in domestic violence specifically to get legal help. Oh, awesome. Just ask, <laughs> you're asking it right here. Um, yeah, there it's called Women's Law, and there are resources for um, people, all people of all genders dealing with domestic violence, specifically just for that. So I have that on um, on the handout. And then there's a really great resource. It's the National Network to End Domestic Violence. They have tons and tons 
of resources there for professional help and for housing help and for shelters. And um, I have some of that too on the handout. If you're in crisis, there's some information on shelters and um, Feeding America and, uh, and a um, directory for um, food banks and that kind of stuff. So check that out. You'll see that there. And then the last one is financial support. And looking to, um, there's a lot of free financial support online and in your local area. There are libraries, there are financial institutions, banks, there are nonprofits that hold um, financial empowerment and financial literacy um, classes and courses that you can check out. And there's lots of stuff online too. And a lot of them are free. So there's some resources I've listed for you. And then, you know, the personal support of, of you know, your friends and, and your close family. Um, and that's the part of giving support. And April has her, you know, really great resource on helping people that want to give support. And, you know, one of the greatest things you can do for somebody is to just listen and to give support without judgment and criticism, because a lot of times we do not know or understand what's going on in people's lives and they're not telling you everything. So the greatest thing you can do is to be a support, to ask somebody what they need, to listen without judgment, without criticism, with an, you know, an open heart, and to also share your story. That's huge to share your story, because if we could all share our stories, then we can break that silence and that, you know, share that, um, you know, have compassion for each other and then let people know that they're not alone and they're not the only ones going through this. So it's really important to know and just let people know that you're, you're there for them, you know, that you can uh, help them in whatever way that you can. Exactly. You know, it's so interesting is just statistically. So today, it's a work day, we're doing stuff at the school, kids aren't there, finishing off. All right, someone asked, could you help with doing some interpreting today? Awesome, I'd love to. In, in the thing of that, we're you know, kind of going class to class, like a parent-teacher conference, no big deal, right? Well, at the end of it, she starts to share a story. I, my mouth kind of hangs open and it has to do with domestic violence, it has to do with her story of leaving, it has to do with, you know, it took forever to find a job. And it's just, it's so, the timing was just so interesting and the opening up. And so, of course, I'm like, we'll come to the Domestic Violence Conference tonight and Unite in Life because we'll have a guest here tonight to, to share and I'll be signing. So it's just so interesting how close it is, closer than you even know. Absolutely. And if you have a suspicion about something, it's probably right. So be there, be the support, just be open and listen and don't judge because it's just here to be a part. And I love what you said, and I'll emphasize it again. We never know what happens behind closed doors. So we can't be the one to decide anything because then we've just taken over the control for them. Nope, nope, you just support. And it doesn't matter if it was the first time or the 10th time they've called you. Doesn't matter. Just like a first responder, the fireman keeps showing up. What's he going to say? Oh, did you start this fire? I don't know if I want to put it out. No, 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 <laughs> no judgment. They go in, they put it out, they do the thing, they walk away. If it comes back again, they'll do it again. That's it. And that's the big part on supporting. So really, really fantastic too. <clears throat> excuse me, to have all of these things because sharing the stories, staying yeah. silent, keeps TV in the dark. And we want it to shine that light. That's how we are uniting in light 
tonight with Miss Estelle Gibson. I hope you guys have been learning a whole bunch of great information here because she is just spilling it. I think it's awesome. <laughs> it's awesome. Yeah. Um, so let's see. Any other questions or uh, that's kind of what I had to sort of present tonight, April. Um, if anybody has any questions or if you have any questions. So I would love to just say that, you know, the, the idea of the crisis that's happening and the idea of starting over, they're mm -hmm. both places and yet the four match with it. So it's not like you have to one to start the other. The babysitting start no matter where you are. Absolutely. You just need to get started. Have that right. ready. Find the support. And there's there's so many great opportunities and online information now. There's there's really no excuse to not get information. Um and you know, libraries where things can't be traced back to if you want to and get on that and look at stuff because if you're afraid it, to check things at home there are other open places that you can go and other people will see yeah they were there at the library like you know if somebody's like did they make it did they show up right because whoo you never know all you can do is yep that's true they were there and while you're gathering the information and making your plan there's there's a lot of things that can actually happen that is just you know fantastic so that's a really so, good point. Oh, that's go a really good point, April, about the computer, because that stuff, a lot of people track that stuff, that information, and it's traceable in your history. If you don't know how to clear it, you know, that can be trackable on your phone and all that. So the library is a great idea for people because computers are generally free at the library. They have Wi-Fi that you can get on the Internet. You can access information. You can access your you know, if you start a bank account, you can access your bank account. I'm not crazy about getting uh, financial information over a public forum, but if you have to, and that's the only way you can do it, but you can definitely, especially these resources that I'm listing here um, for the National Network to End Domestic Violence and Women's Law and all of these things, you could jump on a computer at the library and get lots of information. You could take the course. Um, that the Allstate Foundation has, you could do it right there at the library. Absolutely. Absolutely. Awesome. Well, we hope this gave you guys great information, and I hope you go to the website down here, get your tickets so you can get this free PDF, the free gift that Mrs. Stell Gibson gave to you. Also check out her blog because that information with her YouTube talk is there, and so you can see a little bit more past history. We've got her rewriting your money story, journal opportunities. She is a coach. She has this down pat, everybody. If you are in an emergency situation, please contact the hotline. Please go to the websites. Please find out how you can support others. Remember, the invisible weapon is, is something that we have to deal with so that we can get through it, so we can come out on the other side. Estelle, her, she's a testimony of this, and she's out on the other side, and now she's turned around and helped so many other people. Please remember that the Unite and Light conference, we have one more week next week on Tuesday, the 25th. And then I will be finishing off the conference on the 27th. So we're really excited about all of this. Thank you, everybody, for coming and being part of this and asking questions. I think it's been fantastic. Thank you so much. Thanks oh, look at that. Time. Mama Create. She's like, thank you. <laughs> awesome. Awesome. Thanks so much, everybody. And catch the replay. Share this out. The information will be up and we will do the um, recordings 
over again so that you can grab all of the information we want this to be a part of your next piece of how you can make your plan to get out. Thanks again, Mrs. Stell. We'll see you. Bye-bye, everybody.